morning. And the title of my message this morning is Giving Thanks Always. That's the only way to live in two worlds. It doesn't work any other way. And I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. And we're going to read of one of the great miracles of healing that we have recorded in the Gospels. We're going to read from verse 11 to verse 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. What a remarkable miracle. Ten lepers healed by the power of Jesus' word. The story is told of a man who was lost in the woods. His situation was so desperate, it seemed that he could not find his way out. He had no supplies to help him through the night. And he cried out to God to help him, find him and save him. Later he was asked, did God help? He said, oh no, the ranger found me first. God did not help. I want to tell you this morning, that is not how you live in two worlds. That is not how God's people live. For we recognize that all the good that comes into our lives all the good that we enjoy, all that God has given us, all that we have comes from God. Even though it might come through the abilities God has given us, it might come through the money that we have earned, yet all good things 
come from God and when we ask for God's help, it doesn't always come as a lightning strike from heaven, but so often God uses so many means and ways to bring about his purposes and his ways and show us his intervention. The story shows us how not to live in two worlds. Seeing only the natural world and and not the spiritual dynamics at work behind the natural world. The fact is that God answered this lost man's cry for help, but not in the way he expected. When we live in two worlds, we recognize that God is always working in our lives and because of this, Paul's words in Ephesians 5.20 make sense. When Paul tells us, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this guides our natural physical lives as it releases the power of our spiritual lives in wonderful harmony as we walk with God. Isaiah 55 makes it very clear that when God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so God's ways are so different to our ways. God's thoughts are so different to our thoughts. And many of you would know, and I've shared from the pulpit, that during the last six months I've had some health challenges and I've shared how I've tried to uh, handle these uh, uh, from God's word, from my Christian faith. And I want to tell you this morning that that verse is so true that God's ways and God's thoughts are entirely different from ours. It never, it did not always turn out how I would have liked it. And uh, I hated being in those situations where I had no control. And uh, I would have paid whatever price was asked for if I could avoid the uncertainty and the difficulties that, that face all of us as we wait for the results of tests. I want to tell you this morning I didn't enjoy it. In fact, I hated it. And yet, through it all, I had to hang in and trust God. And I want to tell you this morning that God didn't fail. And even though there were situations at times that were different from what I was believing for, I had to then hang on to God and believe that God was still at work. And ultimately, I can praise God this morning to say that God did it in his way. Maybe not exactly as 
I believed it could have happened or maybe I thought it would have happened, but in a way that shows the mighty hand of God. And I can praise God this morning. And during those six months, uh, I had to just totally, time and time again, rely upon the Lord. I believed God to receive divine, instantaneous healings. And I used every arrow of faith in my quiver just to believe and tell God, this is what your word says. And many of these arrows were verses in Scripture that were shot by faith in prayer as I believed God for his intervention. I shared some of them the last time I ministered where I shared, number one, the joy of the Lord that constantly you came back to rely and live in the joy of the Lord where in Nehemiah 8.10 it says, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's so easy to come into a situation of being downcast and feeling sorry and, and just not happy with the situation that robs you of the joy of the Lord. But you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. There's so much strength in God's joy, in our sharing of that joy, in our participation of that joy. And then it was the peace of God, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all the understanding will guard your hearts and minds through the Lord Jesus Christ and to cope with uh, an overactive mind that often seems to, uh, uh, to, to focus on the negative, to focus on the worst. You know, you look to the peace of God that guards your mind, that brings a, a solitude, that brings a certainty that God is in control. And then I use the revelation of God. I didn't share that in the last message. And I use verses like Isaiah 53, 5, and by his stripes we are healed. And, 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 and with, in faith I, I delved into the fullness and the power of that verse. And then Exodus 15, 16, where, where, where God's word says, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. The first mention of, of, of Jehovah as the healer and, and, and taking hold of God's word and, and believing God's word. And then this verse was such a blessing to me so often, Psalm 91, 7. A thousand may fall at your side, and 10,000 in your right hand, but it shall not come near you. What a tremendous scripture it is when your mind and what you hear and maybe what you read goes a certain direction, but you take hold of God's word. A thousand may fall at your right side, but it shall not come nigh you. All those verses combined brought a power and brought an ability to trust God and to believe in God. I didn't always get the results 
I wanted and believed for, but in the final outcome, I can see the hand of God and praise him for it. I didn't like what I went through, but so much I learned in faith and I realised how much I needed God and I held on to God in the unpleasant times and was able to come out and thank God for the outcome and for what God had done. And this brings me to what I want to speak about this morning. Because out of that experience and out of the final result and out of seeing the hand of God, there came into my life a thankfulness far greater and far more wonderful than I'd ever experienced before. And that gratitude and thankfulness dominates my life. Throughout the day, there's, you rise in praise and you thank God for what he's done, what he is doing. And the story that we have here about the 10 lepers focuses not so much on the scope of the miracle. Never before had 10 lepers been healed like they were on this occasion. In fact, in the Old Testament, we only have two people that were healed of leprosy in the entire Old Testament period. We have a few people that were lepers that were healed under the ministry of Jesus. But here we have 10 lepers. And the miracle's stupendous. And the details are wonderful. But the focus is not so much on the power that brought healing, but rather on the power that issued out of thankfulness, out of gratitude, out of a heart that was filled with praise. Not so much God touching and healing, but what that did within the Samaritan leper's life that released him into a fullness that the other nine did not experience. Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, passing through Samaria and entering a certain village encounters 10 lepers. These 10 unfortunate men had the worst disease of the day. The sight and the smell and the stigma of leprosy was sickening and painful. These poor individuals had been removed from their family, removed from their friends and from society. And they tended to roam in groups, begging and looking for some kind of sustenance and help. And, uh, from, and, they would, and their condition was so pitiful, their situation was so miserable that all they could look forward to was a worsening of their condition and uh, slow death. In Leviticus 13.45, we're told, Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn, his head bare, and he shall cover his moustache and cry, Unclean, unclean. And he shall dwell alone. His habitation shall be outside. 
the camp. And they see Jesus passing by and from afar, which would have been at least 100 paces. That's as close as they could come to society, as close as they could come to someone that was well. They cried out, they said, Master Jesus, have mercy on us. That was their cry in their unfortunate state, in a situation that I don't know if they were crying out for healing or believing for healing. They needed food, they needed some comfort, they needed sustenance and they recognised and they would have heard the stories of Jesus and they cried out for help. They cried out to him for mercy. Now when they saw him, he said after their cry, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. You see, there was no instant miraculous healing. There was nothing as they looked at each other, they still saw, saw their faces that were marked by the ravages of leprosy. They still saw what their hands looked like. They still felt all the pain and discomfort that came from leprosy. And Jesus' words to them were not be healed, but go and show yourself to the priests. They responded to a word that seemed foolish. How can they go when they still have this leprosy? What will the priests say? What will they think? Because if anyone was healed from skin diseases or the, these diseases had gone, the priest then would examine the skin, examine the person and pronounce them clean and allow them to come back into society. And Jesus simply told them to go and show themselves to the priests. And I want to tell you this morning that as they obeyed that word, healing came, cleansing came. It didn't come instantly. It maybe never came as they expected that suddenly they looked at themselves. But as they obeyed the word of Jesus and began to walk in the direction where the priests were, where they lodged to show themselves the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the word of God began to operate and there was a miracle like no miracle ever in the history of man where 10 lepers were cleansed as they walked and they were healed by the wonderful power of God. Luke then tells us that so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. The miracle took place as they followed and obeyed the word. In Psalm 107 verse 20, and this is the living translation, we read that God, he sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. And so God within his word has sent his word out. And one of the great power sources that we have for health and for healing and wholeness is God's word. For God has sent out his word to bring healing to those who would believe. And it was the word of Jesus that brought healing. 
Healing is in God's word. We believe it often before we see it. And that's the difficulty. That's where faith comes in. We would far prefer to see it, but often we have to believe it. And as we believe it, it will begin to happen. It will happen. And often it won't happen as maybe we'd expected, as Pastor Margot was sharing early on. God doesn't always work because he's... Thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He sees things that we do not see. And he works in mysterious ways. But he will always honour and acknowledge our faith in his word. From the narrative, it appears that the ten lepers' condition did not change until they began walking to show themselves to the priests. This story tells us a number of fascinating things about divine healing. We see here that divine healing can take place en masse. You know, it doesn't need an individual person laying hands upon an individual. It doesn't need the hand of Jesus coming and touching us. But it just needs the word of God. And here we have a mass healing of ten Lepers, the most loathsome disease of its day. Secondly, we see, uh, we, we can uh, see what can happen without seeing. Okay, uh, divine healing, uh, we don't have to see initially, but things begin to happen. And thirdly, uh, things can happen solely by and on the word of God. Some fascinating insights a bit about divine healing. And the wonder of it is that Jesus, even this morning, as we listen to his word, as faith rises within our hearts, as we begin to take hold of God's word and, and see the needs that we have, the Lord can, can, and as we believe his word, sweep across our congregation with healing power. Amen? He can do that. He can do that. We just need to, to take that first step. God, I feel nothing. It doesn't matter. I'm going to begin the movement. I'm going to begin going to you. I'm going to begin taking that word. I'm going to begin believing the word. The ten lepers were healed by faith and not by sight. When Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests, nothing in their condition had changed. The horrible disfigurement and stench of the disease remained. Yet they obeyed the words of Jesus and began to walk towards the priests. The power of Jesus' word began to work within their bodies, broken bodies. And their movement to obedience brought cleansing and healing to their bodies. They were totally and completely healed of the most loathsome disease of their day, not by the touch of Jesus' hand, but by obedience to the word that Jesus had spoke. Can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine as these people finally, these ten finally come to the priests? One priest would come out and he couldn't believe his eyes. I can't do this myself. There's ten of them. 
This has never happened. There's never been a precedent. I've never seen this happen. They they did not know the, the, the extent of the power of God. And individually, each one of these people would take their robes off. Their skin would be examined in its entirety. They were known in that area. Everyone knew of the ten lepers. And one by one, clean, cleansed. Healed, whole, they went back into society, having been healed and touched by the power of God. The priests would have carefully examined these ten ten lepers, whom everyone knew in that area. Now, it's, it's a wonderful story. But what Luke focuses on is not so much the power of God, but the gratitude of the Samaritan. Nine were Jews, one was a Samaritan. Nine were favoured by God in their religion. They believed they were God's special people. They believed the blessings of God belonged to them. The Samaritan was different. He did not have this heritage. He was a foreigner to the Jewish faith in that way. And the nine that were healed somehow took it for granted that this is what belonged to them. And as much as they enjoyed their healing, they went back to their families. But the Samaritan recognised what had happened in his life was, was so wonderful and so powerful that he came to Jesus to give thanks. I was listening to a sermon during the week and uh, I guess it kind of touched on uh, a Christian prosperity and, and uh, the particular pastor was preaching. He preached well, uh, but he said that he believed uh, uh, all God's people should go to the best restaurants. That's a nice belief, isn't it, Pastor Marty? <laughs> right, and yeah. Rightly so on birthdays and maybe special occasions, but that somehow God's people are deserving of the best food that money can buy in every meal is not really what Scripture teaches. It's not really what Scripture teaches. And, uh, you know, we can come to... And I've heard other tele-evangelists that uh, boast uh, that they're wearing a $500 shirt. You know, I can buy more than 10 shirts for $500, good shirts. Or they have a, you know, $1,000 pen. And uh, somehow there can come a belief where we become familiar that we are God's people, that we must enjoy and we must have the best of everything. And I think we need to be careful of that. I think we need to be careful. We need to recognise that... Every blessing comes from God and we need to be good stewards and we need to be careful how we live and and the prosperity doctrine, when it goes to extreme, God provides for every need, but when it goes to an extreme, really works against the principles of Scripture. And so you have the religious people that were the custodians of God's blessing, of God's revelation, the nine lepers, they... They kind of accepted the healing. 
This belongs to us. This is part of the Jewish heritage. But the Samaritan recognised more, recognised the hand of God, recognised the change that had taken in his life, looked at himself and saw the healing. And he came and we're told with a loud voice, glorified God. There was no holding back of the expression of thankfulness and gratitude for God had touched him and changed his life. And he came and he fell at the feet of Jesus glorifying him and thanking him and a heart full of gratitude. Now, when you read the story, you find that this is what Jesus expected. And Jesus somehow was wondering, were there not ten that received the same blessing? Where are the nine? Did only this foreigner come to thank me for what I had done? And as you read those words, you see the heart of God. And you don't see the heart of God in a selfish way that God's demanding praise and thanksgiving and gratitude, but rather God knows the power of thankfulness and gratitude. He knows what it does to a life that when our lives are full of thankfulness and gratitude, our relationship with God cannot be any stronger, cannot be any more wonderful. All we think about all day is Him. Our praises constantly go up to Him. Our lives want to be directed by Him. We look for every opportunity to serve Him and love Him and honour Him and glorify Him. That's what thankfulness does. There's tremendous power in thankfulness. If you want to change your marriage for good, be thankful to your partners and that will revolutionise any marriage, any relationship. When you say how nice the meal was, how nice your wife looks, how handsome the husband is, when praise and, and appreciate the work that he's done, there's nothing that can bind and enrich a marriage more than thankfulness and gratitude. And I want to tell you that's the same in our relationship with God. And as I came through my experience, which was hard enough for me, and at the end of it, I saw the wonder of the hand of God. I saw that God was faithful. I saw that even though it didn't quite go at times how I wanted it to go, I could see that God's hand was there at all time. And when the end result came, my heart, I come into a place of gratitude and thankfulness that I haven't experienced in decades. And I want to tell you, there's nothing that draws you closer to Jesus. There's nothing that makes you want to serve him more. There's nothing that can empower you more than being at his feet and glorifying and thanking him for what he has done. The power of that relationship grows. And it was that Samaritan, as he came and as he fell at the feet of Jesus, as he glorified Jesus with a loud voice, 
Jesus told him to get up and told him his faith had made him whole. There was a wholeness that went beyond the healing. There was a power that entered his life that went beyond his physical healing of leprosy. And he was told to go. And from that moment, his life was changed because he took in the power, the power that comes from thankfulness. And, you know, we we come to that place and, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. Lord, I'm yours. Whatever years I have, thankfulness is a wonderful thing. There's some effort involved. He, all the others went their way to the families. He said, no, I've got to come to the man of Galilee. I've got to come. And I don't care what others say, what others think. With a loud voice, he glorified Jesus. Unashamedly, he fell at his feet. And Jesus recognized and knew what was involved and knew what would happen to relationship, knew what would happen between him and and him, uh, between the leper and himself, uh, knew the power of thankfulness and gratitude in terms of relationship and walking with God. That he questioned, why didn't everyone do it? And because they didn't, they missed what was even greater than the healing. A relationship that was rich, rich with God. Delightful, wonderful, thanking, looking at his wonder and, and the greatness of God and the, and the beauty of Jesus. Thankfulness. What a wonderful thing. And I want to tell you this morning that when we live in two worlds, thankfulness to God brings the two worlds together. And we're able to walk and live for God as we want to with joy in the Lord. Amen? My heart's just so full of gratitude this morning. I'd like the musicians to come and I want you to stand with me. I had other things in my notes, but... I'm learning now that the notes aren't that important. The process of writing them is probably the important part of it. And I I believe there's no greater impartation that I can give this morning. There's no greater blessing that I can give this morning than having you understand and come into a new thankfulness with God and let that dominate your living and your life. Whether it's all happened as you want it. Some of you might still be going through your battles, but it doesn't matter. We believe in God. We believe that God's hand is at work. And ultimately, we're going to look back and through the pain, we're going to see what we've learned, but we're going to see the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And church, I wonder if you would with me. Maybe you're doing it for me, but look, you're doing it for everyone. I wonder if you'd like to just come. Come to the altar here. I want us just to thank God. 
I want us to thank God this morning. I want us to get a bit emotional this morning. I want, I, I want the emotion of, of God's goodness on our lives that so often we can take for granted. But this morning, we're not going to. This morning, we're going to recognise what the Samaritan recognised. This morning, we're going to, we're going to please God as we, we show gratitude, as we thank God. Begin to thank God this morning. Lord, we thank you this morning for your goodness. We thank you for every blessing. We thank you for every healing. We thank you for our jobs this morning. We thank you for the hand of God that's upon our situations. Our hearts rise to you this morning. And in gratitude we come and we pray that the power of gratitude, we pray that the power of thankfulness will will bond our relationship with God, that we love Him more, we serve Him better, we enjoy every moment and every day because of the goodness of God. Lord, we thank You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, for saving us. Thank You, Jesus, for every meal that we enjoy. Thank You, Jesus, for our families. God, we thank you and bless you. And with a loud voice, we fall at your feet and glorify your name. Oh Lord, let the power of thankfulness work in the life of your people. Let the wonder, the wonder of the work of God that just overflows in gratitude and thanksgiving. Change our lives. Empower our lives. Bless God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you bless God this morning? Can you praise God? Let's give Him a hand. Hallelujah. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All Amashalamanda. Praise God. You know, I'm not a very excitable person, but I'm a little bit excitable this morning because that's what thanks does. That's what thanks does. Whatever God wants from our lives, if there's thanks there, we're willing to do it. We're willing to do it. Lord, your will, whatever you have, Lord, we thank you. We know, Lord, our situation's unperfect. We know, Lord, but we do know your hands upon our lives. We do know, Lord, and I just want that, that power, that power that comes from thankfulness to dominate, to lead our lives, that, Lord, we might enjoy every day, every day as we serve you. Amen.